0: Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas with a simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. John 6, 25 through 40. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all those he has given me that raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God.
1: One thing I know about humanity is that we aren't people that revel in being dependent upon others. It's... It's not something that we lift up, that we praise or enjoy or aspire for. Instead, what, what do we celebrate? Being autonomous, self-made, self-sufficient, and independent. But the interesting thing for me is that our distaste of being dependent upon anything goes completely contrary to the way of Jesus. Again and again, we find in Scripture that God seeks to move people into places where they feel more dependent upon Him. That God tries to move, move people into places and situations where they would have to reach out and ask God to, that God could provide. That they had to receive something from God, be equipped by God to be faithful. I'm, I'm reminded of Paul's words That we find in Scripture that he got moved to a place, a point of view, where he actually saw that it is when I am weak that I am strong. One of the ways we we see the theme of dependence within Scripture is through the notion of our daily bread. We first find the idea of daily bread uh, in Exodus right after uh, the Hebrew nation had been delivered from slavery in Egypt. They were delivered and they were sent Uh, into the desert a place of scarcity a place of vulnerability and it was there that they began to feel the grumbling of the stomach and wondering how in the world are they going to be provided for but God had plans for that desert that place of scarcity when the people reached the desert they began to grumble they actually missed Egypt where they knew that they would be provided for but from from slave drivers And so God heard their cries, heard their grumbling, and began to provide them manna. Manna is daily bread that came from heaven. What I love about the story of manna is that God actually had stipulations. This is is what God said. Every morning I want you to wake up and go find that I have provided for you. But listen to this. You can only gather enough for today. You can only have enough for today. And if you take more than what you need for today, I will turn that bread tomorrow, when you find it, when you wake up, I will turn that bread into spoiled rotten food full of maggots. I wonder if that's God's opinion on what independence really looks like. But it was in that place of scarcity, that desert where God showed himself faithful. Day in and day out, God provided for the people. God was training the people to know that God would provide for them. For when they actually entered into the promised land, they would know that this is who God is. It's like God is saying, there's something good about you learning to depend on me for today. It's when we learn that dependence upon God is the place where we're actually made strong. And in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7, it says this Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me only my daily bread. The wise person wishes not for excess, but also not for nothing, but there's wisdom in learning. God, just give me my daily bread. Give me my, this will lead you to wisdom and goodness and strength, is when we have learned to go to God for our daily bread. It's that exact phrase that Jesus actually picks up later on. When he takes that phrase and when he's asked by his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray, he actually says this. He says, You should pray like this. Says this: give us this day our daily bread. God, give me only what I need for today. Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray. This is how you should live. But there was another time. There was another time when Jesus actually took that idea of daily bread, that idea of manna, and flipped it upside down. It's in the scripture reading that we had earlier in John 6. And those words are leaping off the pages for me this week. Our scripture reading comes right after what we read last week. So... John 6 is really about three stories. It's about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And then right after that, Jesus crossing the lake. He's walking on water, He meets his disciples there on the water. And then when they get to the other side of the lake, the same crowds that he fed the day before were expecting him. They walked around. They were waiting for Jesus. I guess for some reason they really enjoy the bread and the fish that he provided that day. And so they're, they're, they're wanting Jesus to give them more. But what you find here is that Jesus is wanting to move him to a deeper spiritual truth. That Jesus wanted to be more than just a favor delivery person. Sorry, John and Jamie. But he wanted to be more than just delivering food. That Jesus was actually wanting to point them towards something greater. A hunger for the soul. It is good to provide food for the stomach. But there's also an eternal, soulful, spiritual need that Jesus was trying to meet. And so he said these words. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work that God requires? Jesus then answered in verse 29, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Doesn't that sound simple? and yet so difficult. The work that God requires is not what we might expect. We might expect the work of God is to be being perfect, going and doing and proving yourself and uh, accumulating your merit badges for morality or missions or whatever else. But the work of God is this. It's fundamentally believing in Him, having faith in Him, believing in Him, turning to Him, having no other king than Him And in doing so, what Jesus is saying is you're going to find some soul food, some soul provision. But the crowds, they were unconvinced. In verse 30, they said, So they asked him, what sign then will you give us? So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. As if Jesus just feeding the 5,000 wasn't enough of a sign, the crowds wanted Jesus to satisfy their stomachs one more time. But Jesus wanted to move deeper. Verse 35, he says Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty all those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never drive away jesus is saying something profound here what he's saying is that he's more than just a provider that he himself is he is the provision That he's not just the giver of good bread, but I am the bread of life. Anyone who wants to be satisfied must receive me. Anyone who wants to be nurtured or strengthened, you must receive me. And if you do so, I will never drive you away. I mean, what an incredible promise. What an incredible provision. I'm too afraid, though, that we want Jesus simply to be our provider. And we don't want Jesus to be the provision. We want Jesus to, to drop off hope, give us joy like it's some commodity that we consume. And in doing so, we s- seek to make Jesus like Santa, where he just pops in without us even seeing him and leaving us gifts, gifts of hope and, and peace and joy without any relational dependence. We want the gifts without having to live with the giver. But instead of that, Jesus does not merely want to give us hope. Jesus is our hope. He is our joy. He is our provision. So these things are byproducts of a life with Jesus, learning to depend on Jesus. It is in doing that we receive him and we experience him as the provision by turning to him. The sad thing is that the crowds, when they heard this incredible promise from Jesus, they decided that, uh, that they would prefer just this to satisfy the stomach and not the eternal, not the spiritual, not the soul. They were beat out by that craving. And the nail in the coffin for this crowd was these final words from Jesus. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And at that, the thousands of people that flocked to Jesus in desperation, they heard that final statement and they just turned and they walked away, leaving the bread of life there behind them. The reason why this story jumped out to me this week is this, that in such uncertain times, I can be so overwhelmed by all the unknowns. How long will this quarantine last? How long will this desert season be in front of us? How will this affect our economy and our community? How will, how will we get through this? Like how long is this going to take? The days that go poorly for me and probably my household are the days where I am looking at months out. I'm thinking about weeks from here and I'm just all the unknown is just circling around me. But the days that go well for me are the days where I think about today. This daily bread, this provision, inviting Jesus to help me get through this today, turning to him with my needs, depending upon him. Those are the days that go well. We don't like being dependent, just like our prayer of confession said earlier. We don't want a daily bread. We wish it was a weekly bread, a monthly bread, an annual bread, so that we wouldn't have to keep coming back for more. But I believe it's a daily bread because God is trying to convince us of this in our spiritual life that being needy before God is not a curse it's actually a blessing coming to God day by day is a blessing for us and I know that I need this right now in this season day by day I might be like you I might need patience I might need hope I might need some purpose I might need some courage What do you need for today? Have you thought about that? Maybe it's self-discipline. Maybe it's the strength just to have faith that this is not a curse. This is a blessing. I want to speak that over you again. Dependence upon God is not a curse. It is a blessing. It's like Jesus is saying, blessed are those whose tank is empty, those who are at the end of themselves because they get to come to me And realize that I love to provide for them. And I will not provide from a distance. I'll provide by feeding you with my presence, what you need for today. So may we all experience the goodness of being needy and dependent upon God. May we turn to God with what we need for today. And may we do the work that God requires, learning to believe. In Jesus, may it be so.